0: Kate Sherwood, hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Am I audible? You are, and I have a mic about two inches from my face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Get comfortable. Many of the companies that Kate Sherwood has worked for Sun Power, Recurrent Energy, Solar City have all become big names. But in 2006, they weren't. That year, Kate was still a strategy consultant, a natural place for an MBA to land. Except it didn't feel quite natural. In fact, it only took one glance out the window, one moment to let her mind wander, to snap Kate into a realization that she needed something else.
0: To be honest, I looked out of my window in San Francisco where I lived, and I saw the layer of smog over the bay. And I realized then that what I had been doing in large strategy consulting wasn't getting me out of bed anymore. Helping big companies wasn't waking me up.
1: What did excite her was doing something about that smog. Rather than help corporations adopt a new piece of software or accounting method, she wanted to help them slash their environmental impact.
0: So I took a very big pay cut, about a 50% pay cut, to move from strategy consulting into carrying a bag, into being a salesman for what was then a very small, uh, hippie little company in Berkeley called PowerLight.
1: PowerLight was later acquired by panel maker SunPower that year, creating one of the first vertically integrated solar firms. The oil giant Total later bought a majority stake in the company, marking the arrival of solar as a serious player in energy. But in 2006, Kate didn't know any of this was coming. She just knew she needed a culture shift, and she found it.
0: It was absolutely terrifying. Uh, yeah, I went from a great big company that uh, was helping big co- other big companies make more money into, again, a very small startup, really, at that time. And scary is an understatement. But I felt like I finally found my my home, my people.
1: Well then, welcome home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stephen Lacey, and this week, a conversation about what's changed in commercial energy since Kate Sherwood first found her calling in the space. This episode was produced on behalf of Centrica. And today, Kate is the Vice President and Head of Sales at Centrica Business Solutions. There, she runs a team that packages all kinds of energy tech for commercial and industrial customers. Solar, batteries, combined heat and power, demand response. So, that initial career move into solar, it panned out. The CNI market is really starting to blossom now. Every week, there's a new company committing to 100% renewables. Tech firms and industrial giants are looking to procure gigawatts of wind and solar for their operations. Extreme weather is forcing a lot of companies with critical infrastructure to build on-site generation with a green twist. And so much has shifted since Kate first packed her bags and hit the road selling solar to early adopter corporations. So I asked her to describe those early days and then lay out some of the biggest shifts underway when selling and deploying these kinds of projects.
0: Um, sales at that time really was about, it was just turning the corner in 2006 from being about the true early adopters to the early majority of companies that were buying solar, not only for the green benefits, but for the financial benefits as well. One of the early customers that we had at uh, in my tenure at PowerLight and SunPower was Macy's. And uh, Macy's is a profit-driven enterprise. And they Certainly looked at both the green and the green backs. I'd say uh, when they looked at that opportunity for solar, and when that deal was announced between Macy's and SunPower, the stock price of both companies jumped.
1: So walk me through a typical case study. I mean, I guess there's probably no typical project in an environment like this where each customer is pretty different. But compare for me the early days when you're just selling solar, or going to a corporate customer and selling one technology, to today. How are like the customers thinking about it differently, and how is that sale much different?
0: Corporate energy buyers have gotten more sophisticated, and hats off to the commodity suppliers and even the brokers and aggregators out there who have helped educate large customers on how, that their load, their energy load, their spend is not just a, a liability, but also an asset that they can deploy, So I think customers today are more sophisticated on average. The physical cost of installing solar today is much, much cheaper than it was in 2006 for the same type of systems. Uh, Battery energy storage is decreasing in cost at a rate not dissimilar to the way that solar panels cost uh, declined over the early days of the solar industry. And today, I think lithium-ion is the cost-effective winner for many applications, but as you start to see flow battery technology and new chemistries coming out that can actually uh, fundamentally change the way energy is stored uh, for later use, I think these are some of the exciting trends that I look at and get uh, pretty wiggly about.
1: What has changed in terms of the types of solutions that are available as one cohesive unit for Helping customers to manage their energy use or reduce their energy bills. I mean that that has the the ability to package a lot of these technologies together has really changed.
0: The ability to package multiple technologies into a single customer benefit and see how technologies interact with each other is really important for customer success, uh, cost saving, energy saving uh, uh, goals. For example, uh, CHP or combined heat and power uh, cogeneration is a great technology for customers that might need both um, uh, electric energy as well as thermal or heat energy. But if you combine that in the wrong way with a solar system, you can actually have inadvertent but uh, negative effects on the economics of both the CHP and the solar. So being able to financially and physically model the way that multiple technologies work together is critical for customers success uh, again financially and technically in meeting their own their own needs in uh, energy improvements as I've watched
1: this space evolve in recent years it has been really interesting to see a lot of different players from different markets get into integrated CI energy management you've got a company like shell in the oil and gas business that's considering pursuing this. You have a company like GE that put together a holistic energy management service through Current and, and that that was they had mixed success there and had to reorganize. Um, you've got other more direct competitors like Enel and and NG coming into the space. So what is your view on how the competitive landscape is evolving and how is it pushing you to do more interesting stuff?
0: Uh, the way that other competitors are looking at this, we certainly think about this and have discussions internally. But I think that really, actually, our biggest competitor of all is still the customer doing nothing. The customer simply looking at a solution that we can bring to them. We can save them, you know, 10%, 20% off their bill and saying, eh, it's too much effort. Our own customers in uh, heavy industrials. Heavy industrials often create commodities that themselves are sold into very competitive markets. For those customers that can save 20% on their energy bills, they are that much more competitive in their own EBITDA, in their own market caps, as they are competing in their own uh, markets. But I think, again, that do-nothing is something that we are constantly uh, fighting against with uh, some customers. And that's uh, an area that luckily is changing. Our customers are coming to us more, but is always going to be the biggest competitor. Customers just not moving. I got to say,
1: you've been in sales for a long time, but this feels like a much harder sale just because of the complexity of projects than a specific technology like just a battery or just a solar system.
0: I actually would take a different approach. I think that by exactly meeting a customer's needs for energy, whether it's electrons, therms, steam, water, by being able to combine multiple technologies and exactly meeting what a customer needs for their specific instance, their specific plant or uh, commercial location, that actually this is a much easier sale than a single widget or a single technology. The old adage, if if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. That's not actually what we have here. And it's pretty exciting to be able to exactly meet a customer's needs.
1: Building energy managers have shifted in their roles in the last decade. But still, when you go to a lot of companies, the building energy manager, they just want to keep the lights on they want to make sure the machines are running you know nobody ever got fired for using too much electricity but people get will get in trouble if they're not focused exclusively on reliability and you know you're still dealing with folks that don't have a lot of data at hand maybe they're using outdated systems to track their their data they don't have real time performance so it's a pretty big leap to what we're talking about from where a lot of building energy managers are how is that a hurdle for making this big shift in the CNI environment, and how does that complicate your job?
0: I don't think that what you've described complicates my job. I think it makes it fun to help a customer understand that uh, again, that their load, that they perhaps didn't even know they had the ability to have insights into. they can again start looking at their energy uh, load as uh, an energy asset and that's a really fun process. It's not fast. It's something that I think we have to do not only on a one-on-one customer level, but also in general across the industry. When when we go to conferences, it's not only our responsibility to talk about the solutions that we have, but also the way that our solutions are implemented, the the use cases for our customers' Um, as they might integrate multiple technologies behind a meter, or they might finance projects and it include their energy supply in the financing. These are important things that are fun to help our clients get through, uh, get through, and work through and learn. But it's something—it's certainly a long process and something that we're continually trying to improve.
1: Do Do you have any mantras like you know the there's the, the famous always be closing. Do you have anything that's like a little bit more plot positive? <laughs>
0: In any deal, in any sales pipeline, there's the art and the science of making things work. And when you can't explain it any other way, you call it strategery. And so we have a lot of strategery here at Centrica that we work with when we talk about how we actually work with our clients to make them successful. It's you know a financially viable deal with some great technology uh, backed up by some great energy supply and wholesale uh, market uh, information. And then the final piece of the puzzle is strategery. So that's something that we actively <laughs> talk about here. So where do
1: you fall on the side of the strategery line? Do you are you typically more art than science or science than
0: art? I I will make a decision uh, that is based on what my gut is telling me and then I will use the data, use the insights that are uh, placed in front of me to back that up. So I suppose that means I'm more on the art side than than the science side, but both are important in getting great projects completed.
1: Kate Sherwood, VP of Sales at Centrica Business Solutions, thank you so much. Thank you, Stephen, for your time. This podcast was produced on behalf of Centrica Business Solutions. Centrica is using analytics, market know-how, and distributed energy tech to help c customers take control of their energy use and improve their environmental performance. To learn more, visit centricabusinesssolutions.com. Thanks so much for listening.